Hey, cool kids. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to remind everyone real quick, the grand opening of Cool Kids Comics and Toys is this Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. at 2055 Hempstead Turnpike in East Meadow. We'll have games, we'll have raffles, prizes, snacks. Uh, come on down and join us at the store for the grand opening. We hope to see you there. All right, enjoy the episode. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Cool Kids Lunch Table Podcast with PJ and Mike. Now please find yourself a seat at their table. Hey kids, I'm Mike. I'm PJ. And today we'll be reviewing the movie Dumb Money and we'll be discussing the GameStop stock short squeeze. And to help us out, we have our special guest, our old friend and old classmate, Mr. Brian Rossi. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Mike. Hi, PJ. Thanks for having me. What's going on, Rossi? Yeah. So to give you guys some more uh, background about Brian, uh, he currently resides in Port Washington. He grew up in Levittown. He bartended and waited tables after graduating high school. He started off by a large sum of money and went away to SUNY, purchased college to study theater and film. He has performed, performed and appeared in local theater projects and the New York City Fringe Festival as a leading actor. Uh, he spent six years as a performer in SAG for television and film. His projects include Bulwark Empire, The Irishman, Jessica Jones, The Carrie Diaries, and Gotham. He also wrote, directed, um, and edited Cafe of the Mobile Gods, a seven-minute short film, which was accepted into the New York Short Film Festival in 2018. I was also in that film. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for that performance, Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My, I had one line. It's the best line in the film. Um, it is the best line in the film. <laughs> um, afterwards, Brian took a break and worked several years for the city, which was a calculated era. During this time, <laughs> he studied place. markets and economic boom and bust cycles. He learned short selling, market uh, valuations, options, and public equity trading. Uh, currently, he's a manager of a retro video game store and speculate in the industry of collectibles, old school electronics, and video games. So we have the man, the right man for the job to not only review this film, but talk about stocks. 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 But before we do that, I didn't know about Gotham. I mean, I was like, I stood in. Okay. I was a stand-in. I think I did some photo doubling on it as well. I never had like a, you know, like a leading role right. or a line. Um, but it, it's a fun show. It was a good project. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching it. Obviously, we're in a comic book store, of course. I watch Gotham, but <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know that you had any part of that. That's pretty cool. That's mm. new information for me. That's awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I, I would say I probably worked maybe like two to three weeks on that project. Cool. Amazing. But we always start off our show with a childhood memory. So, Brian, I want you to I want to ask you a question. When did you understand, like, what rich meant? Like, being rich. Like, <laughs> where did that kind of come, you know, to you? I think I understood being rich uh, t -t -t mostly from movies, probably. Mm. I would watch uh, different movies, and I would be like, wow, like, that's a nice house. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, I don't, yeah. that's nothing like my house. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, Richie Rich, you know, funny enough, when I was a kid, I was like, wow, like, how do I get a house like that? Right. Yeah. You know, it's obviously, you know, fantasy, but uh, I think, you know, little silly movies like that made me uh, curious and be like, whoa, how do, how do I get lifestyle like that? Mm. 
Uh, similar for me. Um, movies, comics. So there's two that stick out to me. Uh, one is DuckTales. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the gold. Yeah. He's got all the gold. Yeah. You know, he... he he jumps right into that. Dude, how big did you want to just jump in that money? I man. just always wanted to. But then when you get older, you realize if you jump into a bunch of coins like that, you're gonna break your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no way you could dive in the way uh, the way he did. But um, that was that was one. Is that Scrooge McDuck? That's Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck is uh, is how I learned what money is. And then the second one that really did it for me was Bruce Wayne, because um, mm. you have to have a lot of money to fund the uh, operation of being Batman. So, but it's similar, you know, it's just fictional characters, fantasy, but you realize all of these characters have all this money and are living these elaborate lifestyles. And you're like, how do I get to be Batman? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you realize you need a ton of money and you have to go to the gym a lot more than I do. But that's, that's how I figured it out too. Yeah. And for me, I, I think this was like very big in the 90s. I just remember they're going like, lifestyle of the rich and famous. Yes. And, like, and I just remember like uh-huh. seeing those like, I felt that was always playing. Like maybe it was on Howard Stern, like clips, maybe like my parents driving to school, I would hear that. or I don't know, but. Also, like that was with Robin Leach. Yeah, and just like similar to what you were saying, watching movies, like like you hear about a movie star or a rock star, you think about how much money they had, and like or blank check. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like (laughs) that's a crime that kid committed, like a felony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it was a a great fantasy. I remember being a kid Mm -hmm. and enjoying that one as well. Yeah, I think I think in that movie, I think he his uh, he was trying to think of a name. He was like Mister Macintosh because he looked at his (laughs) computer, and that's how he was like looking for something for as like an alien. So nice. I also feel like they were rich in Home Alone, although they never actually say it. Yeah, they he's like upper middle class. I feel no, like no, no. I mean they like took upper their upper entire family on vacation like twice. And, he, and the father yeah. paid for everybody. And the father paid for Frank, everybody. Uncle Frank was uh, def- cheap. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. definitely they did well. They did well. They did well. They oh, did yeah. well. Mm-hmm. They weren't great parents, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't drive a fancy car though. I think they had like a station yeah, wagon, right? In the, in the, in the garage, right? Because you forgot to close the garage door, right? right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Brian, I think uh, we didn't see it at the same time, but I'm curious how you felt about the movie Dumb Money. What did you feel? Um, I I did like it. I thought pa- Paul Dano specifically uh, really did resemble uh, Keith Gill. Um, I thought he was very good in the movie. I think the movie overall it missed some important details about what actually happened, but this is Hollywood. So, you know, it has to, you know, be wrapped up, you know, with a bow, uh, the best way possible. Um, I would say I'd give it like, maybe like a seven. Yep. I gave the same exact score. Uh Yep. Mm -hmm. For me, I think what, well, I'll start with some positives. I like the, uh, well, this was directed by Craig, uh, Galepsi. This is the same guy who, um, made I, Tanya, Lars and the real girl, uh, Cruella, uh, the United States of Tara and Pam and Tommy. So this guy does have... That's actually ta- a really good resume right, this right. guy He has. is talented. And the movie is well the real girls. Are right. Mm-hmm. Very underrated film. So that... So is I, yeah. Tanya. Yeah. yeah I, I think, never I seen think that that's I always a, wanted to see. That's never a great heard. movie. I think my brother saw that. That um, actually gives me more of a reason to want to catch it yeah. when I get yeah, an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what pop makes this movie pop is the acting. You know, Paul Dano, he's great. Uh, Shailene Woody, remember her? She's uh, awesome. Yes, I she's do. good. She's I, I forgot about her, but she was great. Mm-hmm. You know, all the acting is in this good. You have America, uh, Ferrara. You know, uh, Seth Rogen. You know, he always, he's, he's he's he does what he needs Reliable. to do. Reliable. Yep, yep, a perfect yeah. word. Yep. Pete yeah. Davidson, he's funny. He brings the charisma. Uh, Nick Offerman, you've seen that guy in a bunch of films. Um, Vincent. Um, how are the time pronouncing his last name? The guy from Full Metal Jacket. Um, D'Onofrio. Yep, that's it. Thank you, PJ. Um, also the kingpin. 
Yeah, and he plays actually. Oh, and he uh, nice, and he actually plays Steve Cohen in the film. That's why he wears the okay. Mets hat. Right. So, um, but yeah, uh, other things I like about it, you know, it's it's got it's it's funny. Uh, it's right. You could definitely tell he, uh, you know, the director Craig. He took inspiration from The Big Short, one hundred percent, absolutely. Um, I thought of Wolf of Wall Street a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of the attitude, some of the tries to be very raunchy, and uh, even reminds. I, I I love this movie. I think it's underrated. Boiler Room. I love the movie Boiler. Boiler Room's a very good, a good movie. movie. Um, yeah. So those are like my positives. I think I agree with you, Brian. It's just very. This is a very surface level. You know, it's like what close to two hours, maybe hour forty five minutes. I think. I think it's just under that. Yeah. Right. So it's not a bad movie. You're mm. gonna enjoy it, but. It's like, like you said, it's like, it's not getting, it's like the, it's like the cliff notes of like what happened, you know, it's like the MTV, like right. movie version of what happened where you kind of wish you kind of went into like the, almost like the social network type of thing or Wolf of Warrior where it got deeper, like what's really happening here. So, so I don't even really understand all what happened. So when we get to that point of this episode, you're going to have to explain yeah, it. Pete, yeah. So I will try my best, Brian. Because I, I tried <laughs> I, I to tried follow to, it, but uh, I was just like, I don't know what's happening here. Right. right. I don't know where this money is coming from. Right. <laughs> right. Before we get to that, that's yeah. a great point because um, um, my fiance said it. I kind of, like, I understand what happened. But a lot of people that heard, actually people in the theater leaving said this, and I looked in reviews afterwards, I saw it. They also said the same thing that, after they watched the movie, I was like, I got what happened. At the same time, I don't really know what happened. And I think a movie that a different director or writer could have went deeper, you know, like a Fincher or something like that. But this was that kind of movie. This was a, like I said, the the rock star version, especially with the music. Of Um, course. I I think it was also... uh, there was probably only so much that they could say because, like, there's still sort of like court proceedings and stuff. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, in, in the regulation side of it is still being they're they're still trying to figure out exactly what right. they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd say, like you said, for like a Cliff Notes version of what it actually happened, I would say it still gets the job done. Absolutely. You know, it's enjoyable. Um, I, 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 I w- thought it was very soon for this movie to come out because. I think you're right, PJ. It just mm-hmm. it didn't have enough time to settle down. Like you said, there's still stuff happening with this movie, mm, yeah. with this whole real saga. life event, the saga, yeah. uh-huh. where it's not finished yet, and you're pumping this movie out because it's fresh in people's mind, I guess. But mm-hmm. and it's an, I didn't it think is it was, time. Yeah, it's an exciting story. You know, right. I needed like something deep, like an Aaron Brockovich type film, like you of know, like, bam, you know. Yeah, but like, like you brought up Wolf of Wall Street, but yeah. that's like that's not something that happened three years ago. It's like the nineties, right. right? That happened a lo- like a while ago, yeah. uh-huh. and it, you have time. To like really understand how you want to make that movie. Yeah, yeah. even Jordan Belfort like wrote his biography. Right. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, before right. that movie was ever officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah, movie coming out feels rushed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's capitalizing yeah. on a recent event. Right. It almost seems mm-hmm. like. Right. Um, I'm sure someone will write another film like this down the road. Right. Absolutely, a more probably darker version or deeper version for sure. But uh, like PJ said, Brian, can you kind of give us the folks at home what the hell <laughs> is Gaines? <laughs> Uh, we know we know it's a video game store, and uh-huh. but what 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 made this phenomenon? What is what makes it so juicy um, that it, it, that they made a film out about this? What what is it? Yeah, it's it's it is very complicated, and I I think that's why even trying to explain it in the movie, sure, like you said, it's very it could be very dry. So in, in that uh, that dry. Uh, uh, narrative is 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 difficult to turn into you know entertainment right right um, but uh, basically because I actually like I, <laughs> I witnessed it like kind of happening in real time and I made the mistake of 
believing that it would be resolved in a, a more efficient, like adequate way. <laughs> and I wish like, I didn't believe that because I would have taken a, like a large position and be like, right. Oh, forget it. Let's go. Let's just go. You know? right. mm-hmm. But how do so, we get to the but, point where there's people making this money in GameStop? Make, right. Like, where is this? It, what is the start? Right, right. Wait, so wait, it, what's the it, genesis? Or what yeah. what the hell happened? Uh, you know? so, I mean, so basically, like, it comes down to the, like, short selling. And uh, when short sellers try to open a position, they're betting against a company and basically betting that it's going to either fail or it's going to drop dramatically right. in, in value. Um, so, and it, when someone opens a large short position, let's say, like, a financial firm, like a hedge fund or, or something right. like that, um they are selling uh there's they're basically borrowing shares to sell they're borrowing shares and selling it at the current price with the intention that they'll buy it back later because they're basically selling it to somebody else or like the brokerage or whatever and then uh they they have to they're making a a, a promise or a commitment to to uh have to buy those shares back at at uh, whatever the price will be later okay. like in the future so, but in order to do that, like you, you are, uh, let's say you sell a thousand shares short and then, um, you're selling it at $20, right? So you sell a thousand shares short at $20. You're hoping it goes to $10. And then that thousand shares that you sold short, when it goes to $10, you buy all those shares back and then you gain a 50% gain. Right. Do you understand that? I get that. I'm with okay. You. So, but the thing is. The difference is your maximum gain, if it's just going to be sold short, is the most it could be is like 100%, right? Like right. if it goes to zero, like, or it goes to pennies, right? right? But the, 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 the risk of it is that the price can go to 20, then it could go to 40, right. then it could go to 60, then it could go to $200. And guess what? You sold short at $20, and now but now it's $200. You have... 10x losses right of what money you put in but you don't even have that money let's say like if you're like a regular right. person mm-hmm. so you lost a thousand percent of your money like 10 times right you understand right. Yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to if it was a hundred percent if you were just buying a regular position of actual shares and uh you the most you could ever lose is a hundred percent right right but in this risk of a position you can lose money basically to infinity. Wow. Um, so what made the price then go up? Well, so uh, allegedly, this is just like what the uh, number that's been tossed around is. And this is not in the movie. Right. Uh, the amount of shares that were sold short were 140%, right? But 100% of shares existing in the market is all of the shares, right? Right. That's everything. But... You know, due to lack of regulation, lack of oversight, it's 140% mm-hmm. shorted, right? But that's 40% higher than the amount of shares that even exist in the public market, right? So when all all people need to do, shareholders, is just hold 100% of the entire float of all the shares that exist in the market. Okay, you're following me? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. They just have to sh- hold the 100%, and that 40% that is floating in, like, you know, imaginary land... They can't buy it. They can't. They can't buy them back because they don't exist. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. then the price could just go to basically. It could literally go to infinity. Like the price of of, of the shares can right. go up and up and up, and they keep going up until uh, 
in, until uh, until there's a, a, enough shares that are available for them to 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 buy back. Right. Mm-hmm. But but if no one's selling, there's nothing to buy back. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Okay. So to bring it back to the movie, and so you explained that really well. Huh. So. The main character is Keith Gill. So he was this guy, regular mm-hmm. guy. You know, I think he worked worked in financials, right? And then he started his own, I think, YouTube channel. He was a working channel. class guy, yeah. Working class guy. Started a YouTube channel. And then he did research like Brian. And Brian, this, I'm going to try to give the, the uh, uh, maybe the, the cliff notes of a cliff notes of this. So mm-hmm. basically, he saw that uh, these hedge, hedge funds were betting that GameStop was going to uh, fail. Go bankrupt. Right. They're yeah. betting on that. And he did the reverse, where Keith Gill, the star of the movie, he did the reverse, where I'm going to invest in it, almost betting that they're going to win, right? right? I'm just in terms of making the simple mm-hmm. language here, mm-hmm. right? So, um, with the movie now, Brian, what, how did Keith Gill, or a.k.a. Roaring Kitty, that was his uh, uh, gamer tag, wherever right. it was, how did he, how did he like, uh, you know, caught fire? What, what made him, like, the, the guy who kind of, propel this whole thing. I think he proposed the thesis. I think it was also because GameStop was being depressed so much, like the price of it. Right. He proposed the thesis that it was severely undervalued and that um, uh, buying at the, the prices that he was buying at was a guaranteed like return. Uh, and from what I understand, he actually thought, because he was probably buying in like the threes to five dollars a share range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he... I think his own words, he thought it would go to at least $20. And that was clearly an underestimation. Right. <laughs> but uh, so that was his whole, uh, that was his whole reasoning behind it. He thought it was like a five bagger, right? Uh, the idea of it being like, you know, a hundred bagger probably wasn't even in his, uh, his uh, line of sight or his line of thinking. Maybe or maybe not. I, I you know, I can't yeah. speak for him exactly, but, uh, yeah. but, um, so yeah, and and, and the, the the idea was that the price was depressed, it was undervalued, and that he was basically he yoloed pretty much his life savings into a, like a fifty thousand dollar position, uh, and he did that with call options, and he did that with physical shares. Mm-hmm. Now, wasn't there like a whole Reddit push to make this happen? Also? Yes. Well, that's it. he had two channels where he was doing this from he was he had his youtube channel on roaring kitty and he he had his reddit which was deep fucking value uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> fantastic. And, uh, yes and uh he proposed his thesis of it being undervalued and why it was undervalued and why he thought it would it would uh you know be a good investment uh and he proposed that both on youtube videos and on reddit on wall street bets hmm. it's just a crazy story to think that this guy like Kind of, he kind of manufactured this into happening, and yeah, it's got so big. Like, there's a wrestling storyline about this. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys watch wrestling. <laughs> oh my anymore, god, but there's a character in wrestling who they use this to make him almost like a new million dollar man. Like, that's his new gimmick oh. because he bought into GameStop at the right time. And this that, is a new character. Yeah, it's a new oh. character, <laughs> and the wow. whole gimmick is that he bought into GameStop at the right time, and he uh-huh. became. Like a new million, million dollar man, oh. they brought back the old million dollar man as part of the storyline because now this guy is the new richest guy in wrestling. Like it was a whole thing. That's how big this story got. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's it became like a pop culture. It's, it's, it's like yeah. a, there's a mythical aspect to it. It's it's good. I would say Keith Gill is like a sort of like a modern folk hero. He, yeah. he is like a kind. Of, you could 
It's like you a could, Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, in order to understand him as like a modern folk hero or like a Robin Hood type, you have to like you have to have like some sort of skepticism to like what you're being right. told. And like he is someone that understood that. And you know, a lot of people, it's hard for them. Mm-hmm. Like they can't go into that realm. You know, because to be fair, like what he was even saying was uh, like it could have been argued as like a conspiracy theory. Right. It is. It's an anti-establishment sort of stance right. to take on things. You're going against the green right. to do this. David right. versus Goliath right. yeah. so, the way they sold the story. Right. So just so the folks at home understand. So what Keith did was he basically told everybody, says, hey, us regular folks, if we all put our money together, I'm doing the simple version here, right, right that we bet that uh, GameSpot does not... Uh, Tank, right? We'll, you know, we won't crap out. You know what I mean? Like, we'll win. We'll win that right. roll of the dice. Right. And that obviously. It's not going bankrupt. Right, right. exactly. Right. They yeah. bet on that. And mm-hmm. then that turned into this huge thing where the stock exploded. It was viral. It was like a cultural right. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then there's all these guys like Steve Cohen and. Um, was it Ryan Cohen? No, Steve Cohen. This guy owns the Mets. Oh, right, that's right. right. Okay. And uh, oh, I forgot the other guy's names, but. Oh, Ryan Cohen <laughs> was the GameStop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the board member, that's right. He, right. He, he like, yeah, that's right. So, um, but yeah, so in that film, that kind of, what they show you what happened in real life was, right. you know, that's why it was on CNN. It was like the GameSpot, uh, GameStop was exploding. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess the real controversy was behind the scenes was that Wall Street bets and Robinhood stopped. Right? They, they shut they, the site down. Right. They so said uh, hate speech. Right. Uh-huh. They, right. They were saying hate speech because they were, they were just trying to find a way to stop this from. Right. They were trying you know, to, uh, to, to, uh, to derail it. Yeah, right, or, or to, to kill the momentum. Exactly, yeah, which yeah. was, you can't do that. Right. So which, later on in the film you see, and happened in real life, was Congress got involved. You yeah. know, Keith had to go on, and this was during the pandemic, was it 2021? Exactly. So they're doing all these hearings, literally virtually via Zoom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's also some comedic flair in the film, too. Like some guy is muted, blah, 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 Seth Rogen's character at one point. But anyway, he's giving his testimony. But, he um, really said, like, I am not a cat. Right, right, during, right. During yeah. the testimony. Oh, yeah. Keith, oh, Keith Gill? Yeah, and yeah, 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 he really said that. Is that the one we had like, the filter on or something like that? I don't no, know. No, no, I, I, I know what you're talking uh, about. You're ta- I think you're thinking of uh, like that uh, meme or oh, like right, that, yeah, that yeah. guy that like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the, the joke of I'm not a cat is his, his name was Rory yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitty. So. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy thing. It really is. And what's even crazier about it is that by all accounts, GameStop should be going under. Right, it should. It should. It really, yeah. it's yeah. really not that great. It's like, not. Like, it's, right. it, that's what's really crazy about <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Because if you if you go into a GameStop now, it, there's not everything's on clearance all the time, mm. and no one's buying physical games. Everyone's just downloading the digital copies because it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. I I heard that Best Buy might stop carrying physical games. Yeah. There's, so, and DVDs and, and Blu-rays. DVDs, yeah. They yeah. said next year they're, yeah. they're officially done. So by all accounts, it should be going like under because yeah. no one wants that anymore. Mm-hmm. And yet this guy yeah. made it happen, man. Good right. for him. Right. Yeah. If, if Anyone that actually listened to him early on did very well. Like if they actually followed him into the same position, right. which is right. so crazy. Do we I, think it can happen again though? Hmm. Do we think that, I mean, not with GameStop probably, but like with any other business, do we think there's a way? I think that they're like the brokerages and like, like financial, like firms are going to keep their eyes open more. Right. Like they wouldn't want a mistake like that to happen again. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying it could never happen again. It's just, I don't think in the recent future it's likely. Right. Because mm-hmm. they've learned how to 
right. protect themselves. Maybe 20 again. years from now. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a new batch of people to screw right. things up. Right. <laughs> and I think, I think you know, and Brian, I have like, let's just like, I'll hear me out for a second. So during, in real life, in, um, in, in the film, they show that when it was catching fire, you know, GameStop, um, he had this, this I don't know, slogan, this rally call of like, we're going to the moon! Yeah, yes. Or he would be, uh-huh. uh, um, like, like I guess, like stuff from Braveheart. Like, never back down. I can't remember all the lines from what <laughs> yeah. he said. Well, and, uh, to the moon is the is the catchphrase of the wrestler who used this as a storyline. Right. So, so Brian, my question to you is: When did you start f- uh, following Keith Gill? Like, like during this whole, you know, phenomenon? Because at one point, sometimes you know, in our group chats, when I have with Brian with other friends, this guy was literally flipping out that day. He was basically yelling at us. He was. <laughs> Cursing at us, he was saying like, "You f's, you better go to the moon." Like, Did I say that? Yeah, he was flipping out, and wow, I was like, "All of us were panicking. Maybe either Brian's a genius, or he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna come and shoot us." I don't know. Oh <laughs> so my question is, Brian, when did you start? Like, no bullshit. Like, when did you start following Keith? Did you just catch on when CNN was blowing up, or were you there with him when he only had two subscribers? No, I was not with him when there was only two subscribers. Okay. I wish to God I was with him when right. so when did you, So when did you hear about Keith? When did you hear about um, Mr. Kitty? I understood him when I was... Because I would, I would use, like, stock twits, like, some of these apps, right. and I would just sometimes browse through the forums. And, like, you, you have to... You'd have, to, to describe what I was seeing is, is a little complicated, but, like... Uh, it, like all of a sudden, you're on a forum that is, has very little volume. There's on Reddit, not, Reddit, there's not that many comments. On Reddit, that, you mean? yeah, or okay. Re- not even Reddit. Stock Twits. There was okay. many forums that were okay, happening right. simultaneously. Reddit gets obviously the most press. Right. Yeah. But, I, yeah, but I don't there are multiple stock like mm-hmm. platforms that right. people talk talk about stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember just seeing like just the volume flow just just exploded. And like right. all of a sudden, you're seeing things like it's it, it's scrolling like it, it, it's right. happening so fast I can't even see what's posting. Right. It's scrolling like like hundreds and hundreds right. of comments are going off all at once like Bing 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 and like I'm like what is going on? And then that's when you know you start like trying to evaluate what is exactly right. that's happening. And uh, I did not catch it like early enough. I saw I saw, I saw it happening. While it was in, unfolding, right. So, um, like, was this? I'm trying to think in the, the in the film. Was this during January or February when that thing was starting to really catch fire? So it was where, the where very you, end of January. So, so, like, you, like, so you were kind of on the. Uh, I was witnessing the crest of the, uh-huh. of the of the of the of this wave. Then you were kind of on the surfboard before, you know, it got on CNN in the newspapers. I was, basically, I watched it like probably like right before it. But by then, right before it got on CNN. Yeah. But, okay. But honestly, by then it was kind of already too late. To like to uh, right. to really mm-hmm. like you know to really capitalize capitalize on, on right. that okay um, and I was on vacation I think it was in Jim Thorpe when the, when it was really going down I, I think I was in Jim Thorpe when it was like twenty dollars a share and people were sort of talking about it on the forums and I just thought they were all crazy right I was like, well because it sounds like, crazy yeah it yeah sound crazy because it I, sounds like madness yeah because right, so it is like this everyone's like we're all gonna we're literally all gonna do this together as a giant family right. uh-huh. you know of, of, you know it's an army right it's a, that's the way yeah, an it was army described. of regular people you know uh-huh. like a civilians you're, you're yeah. and your and your leader uh, i'm sorry to cut you off yeah, your good. leader is a guy named roaring kitty so <laughs> it's hard to like <laughs> you like you said that like, before that's what makes it so oh, poetic yeah. oh, that's exactly you know? <laughs> that's to buy in literally to buy in you have to follow this dude you're roaring kitty <laughs> right but the narrative that's pushed by the media 
Mm. And and I won't go into all my thoughts on mainstream media. Uh. None of them are good, but I won't uh. go into that. Um, <laughs> is that this became a movement to take down the man, take yeah. down mm. the infrastructure. Yep. Yep. And I don't, you know, when you hear about it and the little bit that I've read about it, I don't necessarily feel like anyone went into this to be a, a crusader mm. so much. I think the trying media, to make money. Yeah, this is trying to make money. Yep. I think the media switched this into making this a crusade against all these trust funds and hedge fund people and the, and the holding down the rich, the, the you know the top one percent. Mm. They made it into like this is a battle against them, and I mm. don't think that's what his plan was. And I think the media twisted that narrative, and I think that pushed this further because that was something mm. people wanted to buy into. Like, mm. oh yeah, I want to take down the top one percent. I want to take down all these oh, yeah. trust mm. fund babies, these hedge funds. I want to do all this. And this is how we're going to do it. But yeah. I don't know. Do you think that was actually his plan? or was I that- don't think it was necessarily Roaring Kitty's specific right. plan. But the the type of people the, that yeah. got caught up in it. Yep. Like you have to understand. Like like I said, I was reading those forums while it was happening. There was a lot of people like posting about 2008. There was a lot of resentment. A lot right. of anger that had been built up probably for the better part of a decade. And they were talking about, you know, like 2008. Like my family lost their house. Right. Like, you know, my dad never got a bailout. The banks got a bailout. Like this right. is our time. Right. Like there was a lot of that going on on the forums. Mm-hmm. And uh so I wouldn't say Roaring Kitty himself was thinking that, mm-hmm. um, but there was definitely a movement of people that followed into right. that. And right. I think I, they, yeah, that was kind of like an unintended consequence, right. as they say. We're like, hey, they we're actually taking down the man in this right. movement. You know, like you said, I don't think Keith was Keith. Was, I'm making my, I want to make some money. <laughs> and then someone else, uh-huh. you know, with the same kind of mentality, said like, you know, we're at the same time we're actually doing this one-two punch. You know, let's. Right. And that's I, I, that's probably one of the other reasons why it exploded. That's too. what I, yeah, yeah. People, I think. That narrative people was couldn't even so put a dollar in you just to just go yeah, yeah, yeah. right. You know, bow. You know yeah, I, mean? I knew people that were doing that. They would just buy like a share, and they'd be like, yeah, because they were yeah. mad. They were yeah, angry. Exactly. And yeah. then. Um, but there's one thing again. There's it, it's not really brought up in the movie. It's called a naked short, and that's mm. what GameStop was. It was a naked short because, like I said, that's what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> they don't so, mention it in so, the movie. So but. can you explain what a naked short is? Yeah. Again, it's like like I I, I tried uh, to my best of my abilities uh, explaining it earlier. Like the hundred and forty percent, right? Hundred and forty percent share shorted. Forty percent of that's naked. Like I said, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So it's naked. Ah. So in, in naked short is illegal. Hmm. Ah. It's an illegal. The plot thickens. Yeah. So <laughs> like in the financial like uh, world, like naked shorting is supposed to be illegal because the risk of any public equity, GameStop, whatever it is, right. runs the risk of being able, it's called cornering the market. That's mm-hmm. what that's what mm-hmm. a naked short is. So it corners the market where you have one Public equity in the market, whatever company is, GameStop, right. using that as an example, obviously it's relevant. Um, it can be priced to infinity. You can't have anything priced to infinity because right. if something could be priced to infinity, that means like technically, right? Like the only way to cover that is every other company has right. to sell like all their shares, everything, right? Right. To 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 fix that one naked short that's right. in the market. It's like a glitch. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. yeah. So. It's that's and that's why it's supposed to be illegal because it's mm-hmm. it's it's a mistake. Right. It's right. not it's not supposed to be part of the game, but in this particular instance, it was. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. I'm. I want to bring up this, Brian. This, let me see if this, you think this is the correct um, definition. So the name of the movie is Dumb Money. 
Okay, so this is what I found online. Okay, so here we go. So institutional investors and mutual fund companies are labeled smart money, while retail or individual investors are called dumb money. The terms dumb money and smart money are coined by the financial media, and not to insult anyone's intelligence, but just to describe the different groups of investors. So is that a fair definition? I think, yeah, I mean, retailers are always going to, like, be considered, like, kind of wild card. It's just the, right. na- that's just mm-hmm. the nature right. of the game. Um, right. Well, that's exactly what you said because I, uh, um, I got these resources online. I don't have the exact thing. It's not Wikipedia. It was, like, Business Insider or right. some crap like that. But basically, um, what it is, I should have highlighted this, but basically, I don't want to read this whole thing out. But... Um, but Big institutional investors and mutual fund companies are labeled smart money. These investors have somewhat of an unfair advantage over your run-of-the-mill individual investor. Armed with the teams of an experienced investment analyst, smart money investors can evaluate exactly what's going on in the market, allowing them to make more informed investment decisions. This does not necessarily mean they always make smart decisions. In fact, plenty of them make bad trades from time to time. They are simply uh, have have access to valuable information that allows them to make more educated choices, okay? On the other hand, okay, the average investor, so maybe someone like me, uh, generally does not have the time, (laughs) experience, or the patience to methodically (laughs) analyze corporate reports or the global economy because these investors don't have access to teams of analysts or carefully compiled data. They often make trades based on instinct. Aha! Or gut feeling, kind of like my man Keith. Um, <laughs> consequently, dumb money groups tend tends to buy and sell investments at the worst possible time. These uh, they buy stocks when prices are on the rise and sell those stocks when prices start to decline. For the average investor, the stocks when they go up on to underperform, and the and the and the stocks they sell go to perform very well. Perhaps this is why average investors' portfolios typically earn 1% to 2% less than the average mutual fund. Okay, so, and a partridge in a pear tree. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I mean, that was heavy-handed right there. So, sorry, for, uh, I know we're turning into an educational uh, finance channel. But we really are, because right. we, we did a, how to start a business, now we're doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, We've turned a corner in our, yeah. uh, on what we're talking about. But I guess, I, I guess my, my thing with this, kind of going back to what PJ was saying, like, like, where do we go from here? Like, and like, how do people, now I think this movie now, all and the whole phenomenon of GameStop has made people, the everyman, the average man, Get want to like learn about it. like how do I make money now? I think everyone is more invested in it now. So I guess Brian, my question to you is like, where does the stock? I'm mean, just in general. Where does it go from here? And how do people get involved? Like how do like someone right now listen? They go, you know what, Brian? You know, what? black guy Brian he inspired me to go into the stocks. Where do I go? Do I go to the bank? Do I go? You know, uh, do I meet a guy around the corner? Do I go to? Do I meet there's all, there's all, there's plenty of brokerages that you could uh, open a money market account with. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of. Uh, mm-hmm. Different ones, E Trade, uh, Charles Schwab, TD, TD Ameritrade. Like those are just you know the standard institutional uh, brokerage houses. Um, obviously, Robinhood is is the one that's controversial. That like you know is is part of the you know they're they're considered the the bad guys in the GameStop side. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, anyone could invest. Um, people just have to understand that there's always going to be a risk attached, no matter what. Like. Uh, and you know, just because uh, you know, past 
performance is not always an indicator of future performance, you know? Mm. But, um, you know, there, probably the S&P 500 is probably the most popular thing. People that really don't have the time, they don't have, uh, the you know the, yeah, the know-how resources, yeah. they don't have the resources oh, the so yeah. if someone just wanted to like invest in the general markets like mm-hmm. you know you can never go wrong with the S&P 500 but it, like in my opinion those returns are going to be you know they're going to be steady but it's going to be minimal um so people that are willing to take bigger risks obviously you know i think they, that's like right yeah. bigger, bigger bigger the risk bigger the reward right, so let me ask you this then uh, all right we're sitting here in Cool Kids Comics and Toys, mm-hmm. 2055 Hempstead Turnpike East Meadow. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. <laughs> right? And now I want to go big, right? Uh-huh. Everyone wants a comic book. Everyone wants a toy. We're getting big. So now I'm going public. Uh-huh. Right? What do I do? Do I go to Stratton Oakmont? Am I like, how am I? How to, am oh, I, to open as a, your own public company? Yeah, if you wanted to do that. like That, I, I'm not so familiar with that process. Because what do we uh-huh. do so that we can do that and then we... I don't know. We GameStop the shit out of this <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah. How do we do it? No, I just. But like, I, we, you asked me before. Like, would that happen again? Right. Yeah. Like, I, it, it, your your company would have to open a hundred and forty percent short. Right. right. Like instantly, everyone's like, "That's going bankrupt <laughs> tomorrow." Right. Like, they just opened, and it's like, then maybe. Right. But like you know, but uh, yeah. The, like I said, the process of uh, opening up a public company, I'm not so familiar with that. Okay. Like that process. Okay. No problem. Um, Brian, anything else before we cut loose? Before we, I think we're running out of time at our lunch period. Uh, no, I mean, like I said, thanks for having me. I think, uh, any upcoming projects anywhere the folks can follow you at home? Projects, <laughs> uh, you know what? Like, there's nothing really cooking right now, I'll be honest. That's okay. Yeah. What if someone wants to hire you to be their financial investor? Can they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, right. I would not. I, I'm, not can, I'm not certified, so right. like, or, I don't want to take that or liability. Or about the folks who want to, maybe they're hearing this, maybe they have their own, maybe they work in television or film, where can they find you? If, you know, if, oh, yeah. if you're back in the action. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have an Instagram, Brian Nicholas Rossi. Uh, pretty straightforward, simple. Perfecto. Um, well, well, Brian, thanks for coming. And we're excited. We're gonna have Brian on uh, very for a hollow. Uh, actually, you know what? This might happen. This episode might happen after the hollow well, episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, we're going into the future, whatever oh, yeah. the past. But uh, he's gonna be around for our uh, Halloween episode. But uh, you know the deal. Same time, same table. Have a good one, kids. Make good choices. Thanks for having me, guys. Boys and girls, lunchtime is over. Please visit PJ and Mike's website, coolkidslunchtable.podbean.com for more information. Follow the boys on all social media apps. Just search Cool Kids Lunch Table Podcast. Now get to class before you get detention. <laughs>